first poem, December 8, 2003. Frog climbs out of her full water bowl. Her tongue reaches out to grab insects. Butterfly collects flowers, her tongue uncurling and curling. A dog sleeps under its doghouse. Bones fall from the sky. Rain falls. A car drives on the road by the sojuaros. Where a bird chitter-chatters, snake slithers. The bee collects the nectar and pollen. Ducks do their part, looking for food, quacking and preening. Pig sleeps on grass, under clouds in a blue sky. Ladybug crawls onto a flower and back onto the grass. Little cat bounces her yo-yo quietly and then goes to sleep by Kira Kelly Flando. So um, that was your first poem then? And mm-hmm. that means it's about six years old already, which means you are about four. Yep. Fantastic. <laughs> Natural poets on board. <laughs> nice. Good job. Yeah. Wait, so what exactly is happening here? What's happening? Yeah, like how are, like we just read stuff? Yeah, we're going to talk to you about the... Welcome to the Med River Anthology. I'm Tim Harris. Tonight, Dan Levinson has brought with him three of his students from the Redwood Writing Project. All right, so... Uh, so, Dan Levinson, welcome to the Mad River Anthology. Thank you for having me, and um, us. Why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself, and then we'll talk about uh, why we're here today. Sure. Well, in relation to what we're all here today, uh, is that I teach poetry in the schools for a living now. Uh-huh. So I'm in the schools pretty much every week of the school year, a uh, different school virtually every week, sometimes for several weeks, unless the economy isn't doing so well and I get hired a little bit less. But uh, And so that's through California Poets in the Schools. And then I also work with the Redwood Writing Project. And that's how I know these three wonderful poets. And the Redwood Writing Project is based at Humboldt State University here, and it's part of the larger National Writing Project. Mm-hmm. And I joined the Redwood Writing Project in 2000, and I think that I've been teaching in the Young Writers Program since 2003. And the Young Writers Program includes... Um, the Young Writers Academy in the summer for a few weeks in which kids can uh, work on poetry and screenwriting and fiction and all sorts of stuff. And there's also the Young Writers Conference for one day in the springtime, and that's Mm -hmm. when everybody comes to HSU just for uh, a day and works on writing together. I've heard about the conference. I've heard it was really special. Can you tell me about that? What's what's that like? It's uh, it's it's a combination of kind of a big party and um, and a reunion and lots of intensive writing. Uh, lots of us are hired uh, from all over the county to teach again, just like the like the academy, but a more intensified one day event. Uh-huh. So there will be writings of all different kinds uh, and possibly illustrating as well. That sort of thing. Does that sound right, everybody? The, the Young Writers, um, have you done the Young Writers Conference in the spring? Yes. Oh, yeah. So yeah. it's just it's just a bunch of different writing exercises yes. over the course of a day, including lunch and everything. Mm-hmm. I should mention really quick, if I can, too, um, the Young Writers program right now is run by uh, three different coordinators, and they're all teachers at Jacoby Creek Elementary School, and it's Megan Day, Sarah Holmes, and Melanie Nanizi. And before that, it was uh, Emily Gibson. She did it for years and years and years, so she was kind of our goddess. Yeah, clapping yes. for Emily. She was our goddess who made it happen for years and years, and she recently moved away. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah. So you're the poetry guy, though. I am the poetry guy. Okay. They they I might occasionally hire other people as well to do it, uh, bits and pieces of it. But, yeah, in the summer, I'm the one who teaches the kids for a week at a time. Okay. And it's, I think, fourth through ninth grade 
is mm-hmm. th- uh, involvement with the Redwood Writing Project. And then students who are older than that will often come back and join us as interns to help out the younger ones. Mm-hmm. How about the funding? How do, what, what goes to support this? What is, how do you... Yeah, good question. You know, fortunately, on my part, I don't know that much about funding. I mean, uh-huh. definitely the families have to pay um, mm-hmm. for the kids to attend. Uh, but the Redwood Writing Project is uh, it's probably funded by... Um, grants and things like that right, and right. it's a nonprofit sort of yeah yeah you know. cool and tell me about your background a little bit here where were you born where'd you how'd you end up here in oh boy or? okay i'm a california boy <laughs> yeah born in berkeley in the 60s yeah. which is why i am the way i am i tell my parents <laughs> and i uh, grew up in san jose and lived in santa cruz lived in israel as a little kid for a oh. little while did some schooling in north carolina here, Santa Cruz. Uh-huh. So, uh, and I've, you know, like a lot of people, I've had a lot of different jobs, uh, mm-hmm. being a stagehand, and I used to be Dan the Flower Man, selling flowers <laughs> in Arcata and Eureka. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but there's always been poetry. Uh-huh. And uh, I've just been fortunate. I, I taught a little bit at Humboldt State and College of the Redwoods. Um, but I, I always avoided getting a credential uh, so that I wouldn't be a full time school teacher below the university level. My career kind of morphed so that I do get to teach in the schools. I do get to teach poetry, but I I enjoy not being beholden to any one district, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of this weird poetic glue uh-huh. uh, all over the county and beyond. I go to all these different schools, and I'm always sharing lesson plans with my different students. Mm-hmm. Poetry interwoven into it along with Shakespeare and Wallace Stevens and Emily Dickinson and whoever. And so the, the kids and the adults in the classrooms will say, oh, I, this this person is now, you know in in his 20s with kids and but wow we have this poem from him when he was a fourth grader and that's because yeah. i will use poetry um from other poets from california poets in the schools who have taught like daryl chin yeah. or jerry martin or whoever yeah yeah and so what do you enjoy about you've been doing it for so long you enjoy something about uh being with the kids and the poetry yeah. and i think well part of it's that i never grew up <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm definitely good with the kids, and and poetry is definitely my food. I mean, I like you, I'm sure, um, survive on poetry. I read it every day at home, write write it when I can, and um, so it's it's a wonderful combination. And also, again, not being a part of any one district regularly, I'm the special guest in the school, so I get to be a little bit extra weird and fun and playful, more so than probably the regular teachers. And yeah. that's that's always appreciated. Yeah, the dynamic is you go in, you, you uh, get them jazzed up, and then you get to leave and say, <laughs> exactly. enjoy your day. Yeah, I rile them up and then leave. It's like giving them a bunch of sugar and then leaving. Yeah. 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 So why don't we introduce our poets today? Do you mind doing that? Not at all. Yeah, so we've got three special guests um, who... I know from the Redwood Writing Project, and I don't think I've taught in the schools. And in fact, the first one I'll introduce is being homeschooled. Mm-hmm. And that's Kira Kelly Colando. Did I pronounce it right? Mm-hmm. Excellent. And Kira is, I think, 10. And then we've got a pair of siblings, and I've been working with them for years. And one of them's Thomas Tuttle. And uh, what school do you go to? St. Mary's Elementary. St. Mary's Elementary. And how old are you? 12. And then his sister, Catherine, who is now too old for the Redwood Writing Project, uh, but I did work with her for years, and so that's Catherine Tuttle, and she goes to Arcata High School, and what grade are you in now? 
I'm in 11th grade. Wow. I'm getting old. <laughs> well, uh, do we want to hear some poetry? Yeah. What do you think? Should we start with Kira? Kira. All right. This is a poem called Coven that I wrote this summer with Dan. Coven. I prepare the incense and candles. I mix the oils. Water and bath salt mingle in a copper basin. The pieces for the altar are ready. I arrange them on a marble table. I murmur a prayer. May hearts bless thee, and in return, may you protect those under the guidance of this altar. Blessed be. The coven arrives. I welcome each member specially. They greet me. This is where I belong. This is who I am, the high priestess of this coven. Silver goblets all around. The wall is painted with our handprints. We are siblings, born of Mother Earth, not war. The war goes on too long. Many of us have lost family. We are here to comfort, love, and be loved. We, the Coven, are here for love. Wow, that was pretty fantastic. Where did that poem come from, you think? What were you doing there? That was interesting. Well, um, it actually started with reading an article that my mom had just dug out of a bin, and it happened to be about, like, Covens and things like that. And that got me thinking about and inspired, and then um, the second week of the Young Writers Academy this summer, I just kind of put all those thoughts into a poem, and this is what came out of that. So the part was about how you relate to it, right? How you, how you feel about the coven, and and uh, where did that come from, you think? Well, I've always kind of felt strongly about the earth, and it's power and so um ever since i was a little girl like i never pulled the flowers off of the plants because i didn't want to hurt the plants so it's just been something that's been there ever since i was tiny wow that's great and what did you think of this poem dan when you were working on it with her she said she you had some input and helped her out a little bit? No, no, I didn't have any input, really. I, do you remember what, what lesson I was teaching or anything that inspired that one? Um, I actually think it was from Megan's. Oh, okay. I think it was based on a picture or okay. something like that. And then I read it oh. during your section. Yeah, and that one just struck me as very, um, particularly Humboldt County, Yeah, you know, being connected to the earth. Yeah, it was great. Mm -hmm. Great, great job, Karen. So, uh, next up, Thomas, do you have something you want to read for us? This next one was from 2008, I think. Yeah, two years ago. I actually wrote it in a week that Mr. Levinson was not there, so he had nothing to do with this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just did this in my spa spare time. I, I, don't I don't know why they hire me. <laughs> <laughs> this was a week where he wasn't there. It, I just did this in my spare time. It was just for fun. Comprehension is the title. If one comprehends but does not understand, then something is seriously wrong because they are synonyms and not antonyms. Therefore, the user is totally weird. <laughs> so you enjoy uh, the the puzzle of language it sounds like maybe a little bit yeah yeah fun to play around yeah yeah and what have you learned about that while while doing this project you think um 
sometimes it works. Sometimes it kind of works. Sometimes it just plain doesn't. <laughs> That's an excellent summary. <laughs> so tell me about Thomas, Dan. What is what have you learned from him here? What is he? Oh, I, he's one of my mad scientists. That's, 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 that's what I, I really like about him. Um, always willing to take risks. And, uh, and that's, that's what I try to encourage when I'm in classrooms is um, not necessarily saying as much, but I, I like to kind of be the mad scientist. Like, you know, here might, here might be some formulas we can work with um, and, and then do with them what you will. Or, or maybe let's do this without a formula and just invent your own way of doing it. So Thomas is really good at that. I think, have I taught you uh, babble poetry, Thomas? Did we do that together? Um, Where you just sort of play with the sheer sound of language? Do you remember that? Yes, I, I think I think you. you yeah, have. and I think Catherine, you're nodding too. Did you? Yes, yeah, yeah. I remember that year. That was that was fun. So I remember, you know, Thomas being a natural at that. And it's just the sheer play with with sound, you know, and and of course, poetry. As I always remind my students, is. Um, as much focused on sound as meaning, if not more so. I always say, you know, the great poems that we remember throughout time, uh, they mean something powerful, but they got to sound powerful. If they don't, we're probably not going to remember them. So mm-hmm. Thomas has always been uh, really good with that. All right. Yeah. All right. How about Thomas's sister, Catherine? You got something for us? Um, yeah, sure. This one was, I don't remember specifically what the prompt was, but I know that it was while I was in your class, because for one thing, yeah, this is from you. Um, And this one's called Push and Pull. Um, In the sphere of the universe, the stars pull at each other, forming constellations, condensing, colliding, exploding, creating more stars. More nearby, the sun catches and holds the planets, asteroids and meteor belts, and lets them circle it for eternity. At this fragile husk of land's edge, the sea pushes hard against the shore, driven forwards and backwards by the moon. What place have I centering in such strong layers of push and pull? So there's a science, uh, mad science stuff going on there mm-hmm. in that house, in the Tuttle house, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Interest in science? Well, for me, it's more specifically astronomy, but astronomy, I like a whole ton yeah. of different kinds of science. And they do sort of tend to leak into poetry because poetry and science are really closely related, just like like music and math and art and writing. And how is it, you think, related in what way? I think it has something to do with the way that they're both sort of elegant and Despite the fact that poetry is about words, both of them sort of transcend words. They sort of take on forms instead yeah. of just being literary. Yeah. Cool. So mm-hmm. tell me about Catherine a little bit. Yeah, well said, Catherine. Yeah. Um, I think that poem might have been in a lesson I kind of invented called Am I Real? If I'm not mistaken, I'm not sure. But um, that's yeah, that's one of the... That, that is something I remember about Catherine is she's willing to rise to those sorts of challenges. The, because I'll teach the same students year after year with the Redwood Writing Project and in certain schools, I'm forced to invent new lessons, new lesson plans, you know, and, and just pull them out of the ether yeah. and, um, and, and steal them from other teachers and all of that stuff. So sometimes I'll have these weird uh, lessons like babble poetry, am I real, anti-poetry, um, just crazy stuff and so Catherine's always willing to um to go there I think at that same time we were writing about shadows if I remember right oh I really like that that. and I might yeah I might be able to dig up one of those for you at some point but um and so I remember her being really um 
interested and eager and uh, about the idea of the shadow um, and not only and the shadow very much as as a metaphor, which is why it's a good uh, it's a it's a good symbol to to teach with because there's the whole shadow side of things, not just the the. you know the, the the physical shadow just made from light right. and or absence of light yeah yeah so uh kara you want to try another one here all right this one was is um the prompt was right here right now i'm used to not using very many details and just playing like exactly what i'm doing but in this one it actually gave me more freedom right on this spot Right on this spot, I am breathing, scribbling, shifting. My eyes move. My hand dances across the paper while holding a tube of gel. My heart beats. There are the sounds of pens and pencils, writing, reading, here in this classroom, right on this spot. Great. So you're observing things going on in the classroom at the time, huh? Yep. And that's how you uh, described it. It was really good. Thomas, you got one? Yeah, it's called Harmony, once again, more rhythmic poetry. Harmony? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What does harmony bring to music? Why it brings something sweet. And with no harmony, there's just melody, and that is shallow, not deep. So when you're making music and you want it to be sweet, put in a little harmony because it'll make it deep. Hmm. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. We get some of that nice uh, tight rhyme and rhythm. Yeah. which we don't uh, always get from our poets, so it's it's great to get that mix. Yeah. What do you think is the hardest thing to learn as far as uh, some of the stuff you're trying to put across here? The tough, is it uh, is that kind of stuff? Is it the is the rhyming or? Uh, I don't know. We might ask this. We might ask them. <laughs> uh, but as a teacher, n- no, I, I don't find anything hard to get across. I yeah. just I just throw it. The way I teach is I throw as many ideas as fast as I can, basically, mm-hmm. at at students, mm-hmm. and and everybody finds uh, his or her own toehold toehold into the poetry. Yeah. So I love teaching meter, formal, ac- you know, accentual syllabic meter and sonnets, mm-hmm. and then free verse and whatever. So anything that was trickier than other things to try out, or you guys. Well, I've always tried to um, rhyme. That's actually one thing that I do have a problem with is I always end up finding some ridiculous rhyme. And it's like, that doesn't really work. And so, like, what I'll do is I'll just go through the alphabet, all the consonants, trying to find a vowel that works. But it's, it's also really strange when, like, I'll be working for ages on something and then my mom just pops up with the perfect rhyme. And it's like, how do you do that? I just... I can't seem to manage that. And then there's the whole thing with meter. That can be really hard because it seems like it should be relatively easy to have the same number of beats in a line, but then there's the question of like where the emphasis should go on the words. And when you start thinking about that, it's just, it's way too, it's so complicated. Yeah, um, basically when you want to rhyme, I just like to have fun. Like, don't spend too much time. Just think about it and, like, don't go into too much detail. Just think about it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes rhyming... Experiment. Yeah, and sometimes sometimes rhyming and meter frees you up because being locked into mm. a certain form, it lets you just go to the next thing without having to, like Thomas said, without thinking too much. And also there's, 
as they know, there's slant rhyme, you know, and I think Thomas demonstrated that in his poem. Not everything has to rhyme perfectly, and if it does rhyme perfectly, and if the meter is exact every single line, it's going to get too predictable. It's going to get boring. You want to keep the readers on their toes. There's a point when really changing the words too much to fit a pattern, they kind of lose their meaning or maybe their original intent or Mm -hmm. maybe the heart and soul, huh? Yeah. So they're learning a lot of tools, but also there's that intuition i guess you got to have right to know what's right you guys mm-hmm. for yourselves yeah all right how about Catherine? you've got a poem there okay um this poem was apparently like not titled i remember the the prompt for this one was apology poems mm. oh yeah because um the, it's the very famous um based on william carlos williams this is just to say poem about the yeah. the plums and and yeah that's that was well covered on uh, this american life mm-hmm. yeah and it was just like an interesting thing, like how do you how do you apologize for something in a poem? And I don't I, I don't know. Sometimes an apology can turn into something completely different, which is I think sort of what happened with this poem, um, which I think is untitled. Um, I'm sorry that I ignored you. I'm sorry you can't understand. I'm sorry I'm my own best friend. I'm sorry I've gone deeper, higher, colder, warmer than you could ever grasp. I'm sorry I don't really need you or anyone. I'm sorry I'm a loner, that I don't need anything you can give me. I'm sorry I seem heartless. My heart just isn't here. I'm sorry that all my friendships depend on me, mostly on me. I'm sorry that I'm not floating, flying, soaring in the impossible blue emptiness above, where cloud and shadow are felt more, and sun is joyful, no shadow. If I could fly high enough, if my shadow would blur and lighten and never touch the ground. And I'm sorry I'm not there yet. Wow. So that's quite a confessional, huh? So who was that apology to? I don't think it was to anyone. I think it was more to me. (laughs) Sometimes realizing that you have character flaws is really hard, and you're trying to figure out who you're supposed to apologize to. (laughs) That's a good point. What have you guys learned from this program, you think, in general, if you could sum it up, working with Dan? what What has this done for you, you think? Well, I've learned to write um, much faster. I would I used to take like an hour to write like a couple poems, but now I can get it done in like five minutes because we had uh, a time. We we only had a certain amount of time to write our poems, and so I learned I learned to write poems under pressure and in a certain amount of time, and that was pretty useful. So you've opened up a lot of this. The, it flows a lot more for you, it sounds mm-hmm. like. Did you say yeah. that, Dan? Yeah. It's one th- of the things you teach? I hope so, yeah. I mean, I am kind of cruel in my <laughs> um, time limitations. What I try to do when I teach is cram a lot in. I really do. And so sometimes if we have an hour and it's students I've been working with a lot or they're pretty advanced, I'll say, hey, we're doing two things instead of one thing, mm-hmm. you know, and, yeah, fit it in. But I always give them at least 15 minutes. And, and, and give them a heads up every five minutes, let them know where, where we are, and never stop them, really, when it's time to stop. Say, hey, if you're still going, keep going, ignore us. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Thomas? What have um, you picked up from this, working with Dan? Well, I've learned that poetry, basically, there's... Poetry is basically you can do anything with poetry. It's not like as rigid as writing a story where there are certain rules that you have to have. Um, with poetry, you can basically do everything because there are so many types. You just have fun. Mm-hmm. Just have fun. 
Makes sense from the mad scientist, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. <The> boundaries. <laughs> 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 How about uh, your, your sister, Catherine? Well, um, I think what I learned most from this is that you can you can find inspiration for almost anything. And that's what I love about the way that Dan does everything, because he gives you a whole ton of different ideas all at once. And he gives you a theme to work with. And you just sort of you can find anything there and just expand it into something new and really creative that you couldn't come up with on your own. Which is why it's always really good to have like people. Sometimes people think that like poetry is something that you're supposed to do on your own. But I think it's better when you work with other people. Hmm. You have something to build off of. Yeah. Well, Dan, thanks for being on the Mad River Anthology and bringing your students on. Yeah, thanks for bringing us on very much. Yeah. For more information about the Redwood Writing Project, you can call 707-826-5109. So you can keep the, uh, the Young Writers Conference in mind for those people who are interested in attending. It should be in April. Sometimes it's in May. Uh, just check out our website. Give us a call. And the Young Writers Academy is in the summer. California Poets in the Schools is cpits.org, cpits.org. Uh, any funny noises you guys want to make? That'd be Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. <laughs> Princess Bride. Uh, inconceivable. Yeah. <laughs> inconceivable. <laughs> you keep using that word. I do not get into too confusing. <laughs> You've been listening to Kiara Kelly Colando and Thomas and Catherine Tuttle, along with their instructor Dan Levinson of the Redwood Writing Project. This has been the Mad River Anthology. I'm Tim Harris. If you have questions or comments about this program, please call our listener comment line at 826-6089. On our blog and online archive of past shows can be found at madriveranthology.wordpress.com The Mad River Anthology airs the second and fourth Sundays of the month at 10 p.m. and is produced for KHSU located at Humboldt State University in Arcata, California.